0: Let's turn our Bibles to 2nd Chronicles, chapter 20, verse 15. 2nd Chronicles, chapter 20, verse 15. If you're there, I would like to read this passage for you. And then we can all read this together. 2nd Chronicles, chapter 20, verse 15. 2nd Chronicles, twenty 15. I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. So please follow along. He said, listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem, listen, King Jehoshaphat. This is what the Lord says, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged by this mighty army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Can we all read this together? He said, listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem, listen, King Jehoshaphat. This is what the Lord says, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged by this mighty army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Amen. Can we give the Lord a clap offering? amen thank you jesus if you have your pen you can or if you're on the bible app you can underline the last part of this verse that says for the battle is not yours but god's i don't know what you might be going through in your life but i want you to know that the battle that you're facing is not yours but god's the battle that you're facing is not yours but god's you know maybe it's a person Maybe it's a situation that is destroying your peace. Maybe it's a person who is using you for their advantage and are trying to get get something out of you and you are trying to move away from them, but you're unable to do that. But God wants you to know this, that the battle that you're facing right now in life is not yours, but his. Many times to us, the enemy will seem unconquerable. The enemy will seem undefeatable, but God can destroy and defeat the enemy completely. You might be at this stage in your life when you have almost no strength to fight. You're exhausted. And you may be at a stage where temptations are too powerful to overcome. And these addictions that we might have might seem too difficult to leave. But I want to remind you this evening That your temptations can be overcome in the name of Jesus. Your addictions can be broken in the name of Jesus. The battle is not ours, but who does it belong to? It belongs to God. Look at the neighbor next to you and say, The battle belongs to God. (laughs) Some of you don't know which side to turn. Too many neighbors. (laughs) The battle belongs to God. The Bible always talks about God as the powerful one, as the one who is mighty in battle. There are a few verses that talks about God as the mighty one in battle. If you turn with me to Psalm 24 verse 8, Psalm 24 verse 8, it says like this, who is this king of glory, the Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. What does the Bible say? Psalm 24, verse 8. Who is this king of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. If you want to know someone who is an expert in warfare, it is God. If you want to know someone who can destroy the army with the breath of his mouth, it is God. My old mentor once described like this saying, the nations will gather against you know, God and will come against him. But God, they're all gone. They'll come with, you know, just imagine the modern weapons, bazooka and uh, some missiles and all these guns and interesting things, helicopters to drop bombs and, you know, all these big things. And, uh, but God just, everybody is gone. Because he is powerful. Just imagine at the word of God, everything came into being. God doesn't even have to move his finger sometimes. Things just fall into place with just the word of his mouth. And the Bible describes God as the Lord strong and mighty in battle. The message uh, version says like this in Psalm 24 verse 8. The message version, can we have that on screen? Psalm 24 verse 8. Or if you're on the Bible app, you can switch to that version. It says like this, who is this king, glory, God armed and battle ready. God armed and battle ready. When you call on the name of God, he won't say, okay, wait, wait, I'll just put my armor and come. I'm just going to fight for you. But first, let me put my gear. Let me get my sword. No, he's ready to fight for you. It reminds you that no matter what you may feel like, sometimes, you know, in the night we'll feel so tempted. Will Tempted will feel like giving into it. And we, when we call on the name of the Lord, he will come down to save us. The very temptation that, that's waging a war to subject us to its vices is, is, is something that God will help us conquer. When we call on the name of the Lord, the Bible says that God is the one who is battle ready. That at any moment, he will fight the battle for us. Amen. Exodus 15.3 says like this, the Lord is a man of war. What does it say? The Lord is a man of war and the Lord is his name. Do you see all of this? The Bible says God is strong and mighty. God is mighty in battle. And Exodus 15.3 says he is a man of war. The greatest warrior in the Bible is not David, not Samson, but it is our God Jehovah. Do you know why I say that? Because David has lost battles, Samson lost his life, but God hasn't lost any battles ever. There is no war that God has lost and if there is anything that you're fighting in your life today, if there is anything that you're struggling with, allow God to fight the battle and he will give you the victory. I tell you when God gets down to work, no one can stop him. When God gets down to, the, do, to, to fight the battle for you, he will surely give you the victory. What are you battling today? What are you battling today? Are you battling with depression? Are you battling with this feeling of sadness? Are you battling with this feeling of hopelessness? So sometimes no matter what you do, you always feel sad and depressed about life. Some of you are actually doing well in life. But no matter what you're doing, you still feel like you don't have much. You still feel like, like you're a loser, that, that, that everyone else is living a good life and I'm not. Sometimes you may have this feeling of sadness you know, looming over your life. You may not realize this, but the enemy is fighting a battle against you to keep you bound to that habit, to hopelessness. And some days you realize this and you want to overcome, and you figure out, okay, the enemy is doing something to me. And I need to stand against that in the name of Jesus. And somehow you try to fight with the little strength that you have, but you're unable to gain victory. Somehow you run from one prayer meeting to another prayer meeting. A pastor to a prophet and prophet to an evangelist. You know, you run. Somehow we can find that, you know, that, that deliverance in your life, that victory in your life. And a couple of days, everything is all right. It goes well. And a few days later, you're back into that sadness again. Finally, you've reached a point where you say, this is how my life is going to be. I'm just going to go with the flow. I'm just going to be like this because I've tried it all. I've tried with my strength and nothing has worked. And you might say, I'm a miserable person and I will remain a miserable one. But God has a word for you. God has a word for you and God is saying that the battle that you're fighting does not belong to you. You see, the reason why you often feel defeated and low is because you are fighting battles that are not meant to, f- to be fought by you. You are fighting battles that does not belong to you. You are waging war against things that you are not supposed to be even thinking about. But oftentimes you spend your whole energy, strength and resource to fight a battle that only God should be fighting. You now you may wonder, how am I doing that? You may wonder how am I doing my how am I fighting my own battles? When we face a certain situation, a temptation, we begin to use all our strengths, all our wisdom, all our strategy to you know overcome the temptation. And especially with our generation, we turn to Google for everything. We turn to Google for everything. We just Google, okay, ten ways to overcome this. How do I overcome that? How do I overcome anger? <laughs> Some of you are laughing. You know what it is. Because we we are constantly looking for solution in places other than God to deal with what we are struggling. At the end of all our effort, we find some solution. But it never really works. I don't know if you have done that. I have done that a lot. How to overcome this. How to overcome that. And I can tell you, nothing has ever worked. There is only one thing that works. You let God do his job. You let God fight the battles. You let God help you overcome the temptations and he will do it for you. Amen. We, we run to places other than God. We try to find solutions other than God and we find a little solution but eventually we are back into the same place again battling the same issues. Sometimes when someone says something about us or criticizes us, we can't stop thinking about it for at least a week. Like How could they say that? How can they uh, use that word? <laughs> Don't they know my dedication? Do, do they not know how committed I am? But how can they say all of that? Because we, are, you know, because we are fighting battles on our own strength, it is so unbearable if somebody says something to us. Instead of giving it to the Lord. See, people are going to hurt you. People are going to criticize you, whether you like it or not. As long as you live on earth. You know, If you want to escape from criticism... Ask God to come soon. Don't ask God to take you. (laughs) That is a different prayer you shouldn't make. (laughs) Just ask God, please come very soon. I'm, I'm tired of these people. When people say something to us, and if we start fighting with that, you know, sometimes we may not argue with them, but on our way to work, we'll be arguing. They will say something in our mind, and we will say something back. It goes back and forth, back and forth. And you know what happens as a result? You wake up in the morning tired. by the middle of the day, you're exhausted. Why? Because there is this imaginary battle that is going on in your mind because you cannot take the fact that someone has said something to you. But on the contrary, if you go to God and say, God, here's what happened and I'm going to give it to you. This is what someone said to me and I'm going to give it to you. You deal with this and, and you, you will realize this, that even without your knowledge, everything will be sorted out. It is a battle that God has to fight with. We don't have to fight with it. When when I use the word battle, I don't want you to think of something too big. Every small thing God can solve in our life. Even if if it's somebody just misunderstanding us. Sometimes I feel like pastors are being misunderstood more. When you become a pastor, one day, I don't know who will become a pastor. Maybe one of you or some of you. But one day when you become a pastor, you will know that people will misunderstand you the most. You will say A and then they will understand it as B. When you say A and B, they will take it as X and Y. <laughs> Sometimes it's like a strange thing. And, and in the, the beginning of ministry, I used, to, I used to wonder why, Lord, why are people so easy to criticize, You know, so easy to point out mistakes, than to be patient. Because I'm also a human being. I didn't come from heaven. I was born in Tamil Nadu. I was born in a, in a town somewhere. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't come from heaven, I wasn't you know, uh, thrown from heaven, I didn't land up here. I'm just another human being. And I realized that if I'm, if I'm going to pay attention to everything that people are going to say, I'm going to be fighting my own battles. Rather, when somebody says something, I just listen to it and give it to the Lord, God fights it for me. And I'm, I can live in peace. I, I love this verse, you know, in Exodus it says like this, It says like this in Exodus chapter 14 verse 14, the Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. What is your job in God's battle? Stand and watch. When people accuse you, stand and watch. When people criticize you, hold your peace. God will do everything for you. But if you go on to fight with them. You will lose the, the peace that, that you also have. Uh, I shared this story last week about this guy who disconnected my internet at home. Can I share the second part of it? <laughs> On Monday morning I called him and uh, so basically he, he thought that I'm, I took the connection for free. Whereas I paid him. I paid the initial amount what was needed and the monthly bill I said I'll pay in one week. It's a small amount. And I, he told me this, that uh, you... He, he was basically talking as if I took it for free. And then I told him, didn't I pay you 1,600 rupees? I paid you so much. And then he's like, oh, you know, do you know it costs so much to send that? And I asked him, are you doing a social service that you'll give me a free connection? Then he went on to another level. See, I shouldn't have gone down to that level. He, he went on to another level already. Uh, I won't even say what he said. <laughs> And I realized that I don't have to go down and fight. I don't have to get down to fight. I just have to say, Lord, these people are accusing me of unnecessary things. You fight the battle. You fight the battle. This man does not even deserve a payment, but I paid him. I paid him. He he disconnected my line for which... There's a price to pay. But I just paid him off. I I said, God, it is your business. It is your battle to fight with him. I don't want to lose my peace. Because you know where it's going to affect me? It's going to affect my relationship with my wife. My wife will say, wash the bottle. I'll be like, why do I I have to wash the bottle? Can't you wash the the bottle? For Jeremy, I mean, that's the bottle. (laughs) When you get married, you know. (laughs) See, if my mind is not at peace, anything my wife says will be irritating to me. And it, it's important to guard my peace by letting God stand for me. Many times we are losing relationships because we are fighting with everybody. But if we rather say, Lord, you fight the battle for me, you do it for me, you solve the situation for me, I tell you, you will have amazing relationships. You will be able to live your life in peace if you let God do the work. God reminds us through his word in 2 Chronicles chapter two, 20, verse 15, saying, the Lord will fight it for you. The battle belongs to our God. Amen. Amen. We have to check our attitude and see how we are today. How we are today, whether we are letting God do his work or we are doing God's work. Amen. Amen. Are you with me? Many times as Christians, we always find ourselves in a place of defeat. We wake up in the morning, we feel defeated. We wake up feeling sad and hopeless. We, we tell, you know, my life is just nothing. Let me tell you something. God did not design you to live like that. God did not design your life to be lived in hopelessness, but in victory. You were not destined for defeat, but victory. You were not created to live in hopelessness, but live a life filled with hope in Christ. Amen. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Amen. See, many of us know this truth. The battle belongs to the Lord. It's a verse that we all know by heart. But we haven't seen any victory in our life. We haven't seen much victories in our life. And this evening, I want to share two ways in which we can see God's victory in our life. I'm going to keep this as practical as possible. So please pay attention. See, if you, want to, if you want God to fight the battles for you, if you want to be victorious, the first thing you've got to do is this. First is stop paying attention to your problems. If you want God to fight the battle for you, and if you want to be victorious, the first thing you should do is stop paying attention to your problems. Look at your neighbor and say, stop paying attention to your problems. Some of you are whispering by the end of the sentence. Because you know this is difficult. (laughs) You know this is very difficult. You know it is very difficult to stop focusing on your problems. It is one of the most difficult things to do, but it has to be done. It has to be done. In the life that we are living on earth, it's very hard not to pay attention to problems. It's very hard not to pay attention to what someone has said about you. Sometimes I, I think like this, you know, problems are like an insect you know, just buzzing around our ear. You chase it, it goes away, and after a minute it comes back to sing a song in your ear. <laughs> problems are like that. We try to chase it, it keeps going away. And for us living in the flesh, it is so easy to focus on the problems, on the, on the negative things that are happening to us, than all the good things. God might be blessing us in a certain area, but we will always focus on this one area where we are, Weak, Oh Lord, I am like this. But there is another area where God is blessing us. The human mind is, is, is such, in such a way that we always focus on the problems. But to see the victory of God, what we have to do is stop focusing or stop paying attention to our problems. I, I remember this. I stayed at my, one of my friend's relatives' place in a certain city. And... Uh, and after vacation, after gradu- sorry, after graduation, we went on a vacation to that place, and it was like uh, we just want to get out of college, and we got graduated and left. Uh, the next day night, m- early morning, we reached there, had a good time, went to the beach, came back uh, to the to his uncle's place, and we slept. And that is a night I will never forget. Even till today, it's been nine years, seven years, and I still haven't forgotten the details. Because that night, I was abused by mosquitoes. <laughs> to an extent, you know, literally, if I, if I just wave my hand, I can catch a few. I don't even have to, you know, look for it. In the dark, I'm not joking. Literally, in the dark, it was like, um, if, I, if, if there's a mosquito on my face and if I kill it, something will bite me on my leg. It was that bad, that bad. <laughs> and sometimes, you know, problems are like that. He tried to solve one and another one starts. And in situations like that, it's very difficult not to pay attention to things that are happening to you. But let me tell you this, let me tell you this. Listen carefully. It is possible. It is possible. Now let's go back to scripture. This is what the Bible says. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 15. 2 Chronicles 20, 15. It says like this Listen, all of you Judah, inhabitants of Jerusalem, thus says the Lord Do not be afraid nor be dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours but God's. Now, let me give you the context behind this passage to help you understand better. The context behind this passage is that the nation of Moab, the Ammonites, and the Mountain Seer, and another nation, comes for battle against Jehoshaphat. Now, the Bible doesn't tell us how many people exactly came. But what the Bible uses is the word multitude, which means a great army. To, for, for us to understand it better, just understand, uh, think of this word, a sea of people. A sea of people. Just think of a group of people that cannot be numbered. They come against the nation of Judah and the king Jehoshaphat sees this and the Bible describes that as a multitude of people. Now just think, what will you do if you were in the place of King Jehoshaphat? What will be your reaction? (laughs) You'll be like, I don't want this crown. (laughs) You take the crown. (laughs) Robe, I don't want, you take it. (laughs) I'm not the king anymore, please leave me. Because we look at the nation, we are intimidated by how powerful they are. We we look at the opponent and we'll see, oh, this, this man is cruel, this man is rude. Oh, they are too powerful, and finally you will say, I am dead, just don't ask me anything, I am dead, I am gone. You you will even say, Lord, I can't take this anymore. We will say such similar things when we face such difficult situation. Do you know why we say that? Because we pay attention to the trouble, we pay attention to all the details. But you look at King Jehoshaphat, King Jehoshaphat, he does something very different. He does not pay attention to the enemy like we do. He does not pay attention to the enemy. He does, he, he does not see what the enemy can do to him. When he hears the news about the army that has come to fight against him, this is what he does. Let's go to Chronicles chapter 20 verse 2. Just go up uh, to verse, verse, let's read verse 3. Second Chronicles chapter 20 verse 3. What does it say? Can somebody read that verse? 20 verse 3. Yes, in the NKJV it puts it this way, saying, Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. Now, Jehoshaphat's initial reaction was that he was afraid. Now, fear is normal. But if you continue to be in fear always, then that is abnormal. Okay, if you if you're walking on the road, if somebody just passes in front of you, high sp- speeding, you know, at a very high speed, you'll be afraid for a second. But if you live in that fear and not go to the road again, that is a problem. Okay, so the initial reaction of Jehoshaphat was that he was afraid, and then the Bible says he set himself to seek the Lord. Now, if you notice. What he does next is that he seeks the Lord. In other words, he is shifting his focus from his fear. He's shifting his focus from his fear to the face of God. If you look at what's happening here, Jehoshaphat had every reason to be terrified of the army that has come to him. He had every reason to talk about how cruel they are. But this man doesn't do that. If you look at the entire chapter, he never talks about how cruel the army is. He does not talk about how ruthless they are, how rude they are. You know, sometimes when somebody does something to us, we will think, oh, this man, I can't do anything to him. He's powerful. He's influential. He can do whatever he wants. And if I say something, I might lose my job. We often think what the enemy can do to us. In the case of Jehoshaphat, the army that came against him was a cruel army, a cruel nation. And he had every reason to be terrified and to, be, and to talk about how cruel they are, but he never focuses on the problem. First he was afraid, but then he focuses his attention on God. Now, let me give you a better understanding of scripture. Some of you are staring at me. <laughs> One of the things that will happen back in the day in warfare is that they had this practice where they would rip open pregnant women and expose the fetus. How many of you have been in labor ward? I remember Marshall telling me once. He said, "It's it's blood, us It's all you know. It's, it's insane. It's blood." <laughs> back in the day, there was this. Practice when one nation in the ancient Near East wanted to invade another nation they would rip open the pregnant women to show their cruelty and one of the nations that came to Jehoshaphat was the nation called the Ammonites the Bible talks about them this way in the, in the book of Amos 1.13 Amos 113, it says like this Thus says the Lord, for three transgressions of the people of Ammon and for four, I will not turn away its punishment because they ripped open the woman with child in Gilead that they may enlarge their territory. What do the Ammonites do? Now, What do the Ammonites do? It's, it's hard to even say that sentence. And this group was the exact group that came to Jehoshaphat. And you see, in, in, in that entire passage from 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 2 to 14, nowhere does King Jehoshaphat say, Lord, this, these people are the ones who rip open pregnant women. These people are cruel, these people are rude. He, he does not focus on the trouble. He does not focus on how powerful the enemy is. Just imagine how ruthless these people were. No anesthesia. no lo- labor room no hygienic conditions, just out in the open, they would rip open pregnant women. They were facing a ruthless army, but you look at Jehoshaphat, he never focused on how powerful the army is. In human logic, in normal human logic, there are so many reasons why Jehoshaphat should be freaking out right now. There are many reasons why he should be thinking about all that the Ammonites can do to him. But instead of paying attention to the trouble, do you know what he does? He pays attention to the one who can solve the trouble. We always pay attention to the trouble. Oh, they will do that to me. Or this will happen to me. That will happen to me. The reason why we feel so defeated in life is because we always keep focusing our attention. Paying attention to the trouble that is coming to us. We pay attention to all that can happen to us. We are paying attention to trouble constantly. We sleep, in, we sleep with fear. We go to office with fear. We, we have these thoughts. What if they say that to me? What if they do this to me? As a result, there is no freedom in our minds because we are constantly paying attention to the troubles that are in front of us. But God wants to remind you this. Don't pay attention to the troubles. But pay attention to the one who can solve the troubles. When the army came came against Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat did not say how cruel they were. Rather, first he was afraid. Second, what he did is he focused on God. He focused on God. You know something? The enemy's goal is to always keep you thinking about the trouble that you're facing. His, His work is to make sure that you're thinking of this one person who hurt you. Just notice that sometimes when you're free, all of a sudden this thought will come into your mind, remembering that person who said something to you. The enemy's goal is to keep you in a position where you'll always keep thinking about people who said something to you, people who have caused you trouble. He will always make you focus on the problems. Because if if he can keep you in that place where you're constantly thinking about trouble, then that is a very good ground for him to work. That is a very good ground for him to work. In other words, when he keeps you thinking about the trouble, it's very easy for him to enslave you in sin. Enslave you in temptation. You know, I've, I've met such people who live with a very defeated mentality. I met someone who said, what is more to life? What is more to life? I have seen it all. I've seen it all that's exactly the position where enemy wants you to be. Because you know why? When you feel like your life is nothing, it's worthless, people are surrounding you, you'll feel like, I can do anything with my life and it doesn't matter. And I've heard stories of people who think with, that, think with this defeated mentality and they continue to live a life where they're just abusing themselves with drugs, abusing themselves with alcohol and other things because they feel like their life is worthless, that they are defeated because they are paying too much attention to all the troubles around them, all the situation around them. If we want to be victorious in life, do what King Jehoshaphat did. He was afraid initially, but then he shifted his focus to God. That's the second point. Now, if you, if you want to live like a victorious person, the second thing you must do is this. You have to shift your focus to God. First, stop paying attention to the troubles. Second, shift your focus to God. There is something that happens when you stop paying attention to the problems. There is something that happens when you stop paying attention to the problems. When you are troubled and when you stop paying attention to the trouble, do you know what happens? It becomes very easy to focus on God. Many times we, we find it very hard to pray during troubled times. When we are going through crisis, we find it difficult to even open the Bible and focus on God. Why? Because our mind is paying too much attention to the trouble. And so when our mind is focused on the trouble, anything to do with God becomes secondary. But when you stop paying attention to the trouble, it becomes easier to focus on God. And that's exactly what King Jehoshaphat did. If you go back to verse 3, the Bible says like this, And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. Throughout all Judah. Jehoshaphat feared, but guess what he did not do? He did not focus on the problem. He was afraid initially, but he focused on God. Verse 4 says like this, so Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord and from all the cities of Judah they came to seek the Lord. People also followed him in doing that. They started focusing on the God who gives them victory. If you read through from 2 Chronicles chapter 20 verse 15, Jehoshaphat makes a prayer in which he and the nation focuses on God and what God can do. If you read verse 6, here's how he prays. He says like this, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? Do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nation? And in your hand is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? You saw his prayer? You saw how he prayed to God? In your hand is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? There's a cruel army facing him. There's a cruel army that is coming against him. A multitude of army that he can't even count. But even in that situation, what Jehoshaphat does is that he focuses on God saying, God, is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? Verse 7, he says, Are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend, forever? He's just focusing on God completely, not paying attention to the troubles, not paying attention to the problems, but focusing completely on God. And here's the beautiful thing that happens. Only when you focus on God, only when you focus on God, you will be able to understand that the battle belongs to him. It's simply, you know, it's easy to read this verse and think, oh, I know it. But when troubles come, I tell you, this verse will never come to your mind. But in your trouble, when you put aside everything and just focus on God, what God will remind you is the battle does not belong to you, but to him, but to him. The beautiful thing that happens is when you set your eyes on God, God will give you the assurance saying everything is going to be alright. And this enemy that seems invincible, that seems big to you can be defeated by me. Here's what God will remind you, Exodus 14, 14 says, the Lord will fight for you. I don't know what battles you might be facing in your life, but if you can stop focusing on your problems and start focusing on God, you will realize that there is victory in him. There is no reason to live a very defeated life. There is no reason to live a life where you feel miserable about your own self. When you feel pity about your own self, there is no reason to live like that. But rather if we stop focusing on the troubles and start focusing on God, what we will be reminded and we will be assured that God will fight this battle for us and he will give us the victory. In Exodus chapter 14 verse 14, Israel is standing before the Red Sea. Israel is standing before the Red Sea. I don't know if they knew swimming or not. But I I know for sure that they didn't know much to cross the sea. At a point when either there is life or death, God says that he will fight the battle for them. If God can do that for Israel, he can do that even in our life today. Even in our life today. God tells Israel, the Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. You shall be still. Amen. No matter what you are experiencing in life, I want you to know there is victory in Jesus. Stop paying attention to all your troubles and start paying attention to God and he will help you. He will help you see this word come through. He sang this song that said that he's a faithful one. I'm holding on to your promises and this is his promise to Israel and it's also a promise to us today that he will fight the battle for us. When we come to the passage, end of the passage of Second Chronicles chapter twenty, there's something interesting that happens. Second Chronicles chapter twenty, verse twenty one says like this and when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of his holiness as they went out before the army and were saying, Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. This is something amazing that happens, and it, I was just thinking about it this, uh, this afternoon. The battle is there, you know, the Ammonites, the people who rip open pregnant women, are there. The cruelest, they impale people, they, they do the most cruelest thing. And guess who is in the front line of the army? Praise and worship team. <laughs> the musicians, the people who lead worship. You know, if you, if you look at people who are artists and uh, musicians, they're not very strong people. <laughs> you give them a slap, they will turn around a couple of times. <laughs> a lot of my friends who are musicians are just, you know, uh, you can call them a little clumsy. Just, they are the way they are. They don't think of gym and, you know, fitness and everything. Uh, Dishan is one person who leads worship. <laughs> but he's, he's an exception. I did you, 99% of the time. Musicians are very uh, just—they're weak people. They're not, you know, into all this fitness and everything, and they don't think of it. They're just artists, and they just uh, are not that impressive in terms of personality. And who goes before the army? It's the worship team. What, what does this mean? There's a significance here. The Levites walking before the army is a sign of taking their focus away from their trouble. And focusing on God alone. I want you to understand this. The Levites walking before the army, usually the the best of the best soldiers will be in the front. But here we see worshippers going before the army saying, Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Just imagine if you know if I had a drum with me and I was just playing and Timothy was with a a keyboard. By the time the enemy pulls his arrow, we will, you know, shift from one scale to another, uh, sing some different notes. You'll be freaking out. But you see, Israel, Judah, what they're doing is, they're putting God first. Yes, the, the army is invincible, but they don't focus on that. They just focus on God who can solve it for them. And what do they do? The worship team goes in the front and the army comes at the back. And you see the rest of the story, the Bible says the Lord set an ambush. In other words, the Lord fought the battle for them that day. Lord gave them the victory. The best way to focus on God in your troubles is to worship Him. Instead of talking to your, you know, talk to your parents. I'm not saying don't, but even before you get to your parents, talk to God first. Tell Him what's happening. Tell him about everything, give it all into his hand, stop paying attention to the troubles and I tell you, God will fight the battle for you. What I love about this entire story is that King Jehoshaphat not only believed, but he also lived that way. He not just believed that God will fight the battle for him and he did not send his best soldiers in the front, what he did is he sent the worship team to go forward. He said, go, sing, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. And as they sing, God fought the battle for them. In your troubles, in the challenges that you face, in the addictions that you face, worship Him. You, you want to know the best way to overcome temptations? You want to know the best way to live a life filled with victory? Worship God at all times. Worship Him for who He is. You see what the, Israel, what, what the Levites are singing? Praise the Lord for His mercy endures forever. Just just start focusing on the God. Just start worshipping him. And you will see victory over every situation. Over every trouble in your life. Every trouble. And you will come to know that the battle does not belong to you. The battle is not your business. But it's God's. Amen. You're not created to live a defeated life. You're not destined for to live the life filled with sadness and hopelessness, God says, you were created to live a victorious life in me. We have to remember this, that if we stop focusing on, on the problems and start paying attention to God, we will definitely see this word come through. No matter what happens in your life, no matter what may come through, no matter how people treat you, always pay attention to God, because God, He goes before you. It's nice to sing, God of angel armies. But many a time, we are going to fight with people. We are standing to argue with people. God says, don't do all that. Let me do this for you. Let me handle the situation for you. Let me go before you. Because when God goes, he does the best work possible. Amen. God is the best problem solver. He will give you the best solutions in life. I want you to remember, church, the battle is not yours, but God's. Why don't we close our eyes? Stand up in prayer.